You're listening to The Homeschool Dropout. I'm your host, Mike Roberts. Let's talk about bridging the gap between homeschool and the professional world. Before we get going, I just want to give a shout out to listener WubZZZ10, who left a review saying, I love the perspective this podcast takes getting into the heads of homeschoolers is helping me make my own decision on whether I should homeschool or not. I really appreciate this review and rating, and I'm glad the show is helping because homeschooling really is such an individual decision. If you'd like to receive a shout out as well, leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts at the very bottom of the podcast page. Welcome back, homeschoolers. I'm really excited about this week. We have a guest actually from Portland. It was kind of exciting. We connected over Instagram. This guest tagged a library that's in the Portland region in Lake Oswego. And I looked at it and I was like, this is very close to home. Turns out we're both in the Pacific Northwest getting through the winter and all the rain. And so Jillian, it's really good to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, this winter has rained a lot, but I'm... I think I'm finding a way through it. How are you doing in the weather? Yeah, I'm managing. I feel like there's sun peeking through the clouds a lot of days, (laughs) and it's really encouraging. Right out and right now outside my window, it's like half gray, Mm. and then there's some blue too. It's a tease. Yeah, exactly. I've learned not to fall for it in the Northwest. Yeah. If you see the sun, you run outside instantly because it's not going to be there in five to 10 minutes. I know. It's sad if I'm like on Zoom and I'm like, I want to go out there, but I'm stuck. Oh. Just don't get a nine to five. Let me yep. tell you. Yeah, it will it will drain your soul. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. Well, really good to have you. You are 18? 19, actually. Okay, you're 19. You just finished homeschooling, so you're kind of right at the tail end here. Two episodes back, we had Jaden Sky on, and she is in a very similar place as you, Jillian, and you two actually met through a homeschool group. Yes, we did. It was so cool. Jaden's great. So listeners, if you haven't listened to Jaden's episode, go back. I think it's... It's got to be episode 18 or 19, something like that. And we have Jillian on. So why don't you just take it away, Jillian, give listeners your background, how you started homeschooling, why, and how it went for you. Okay. Yeah. So we kind of started homeschooling out of necessity when just right out of the gate, when I was really little, my family, just my parents and I moved to Baltimore, Maryland when I was baby. And that was for my dad's work. And very quickly, we found out that public or private school would not really be an option for us. The schools were about the dangerous, most dangerous in the country. And I personally wasn't suited to the school system as a child. I was very shy. I like to observe other people, other kids do things before I did them myself. And private school was basically the cost of college. So my mom decided we're going to homeschool. And I mean, that was a joint decision between my parents, but because my dad worked, she was kind of the one leading it, I think. So we started out just kind of learning through life skills. So I would just be at home with my mom and we would do sewing projects and cooking together. And I played a lot. I watched nature shows on TV. So I learned a lot through just life. About how old were you during this period? Like kindergarten? Yeah. So that was about kindergarten age. And I think it was probably... When I was in around grade mm, three, four age, my mom started working in a little bit more like workbooks type things. Mm. 
so yeah, preschool and kindergarten was very play oriented. And then she mixed in a few more structured things. And then in fifth grade, we started doing a more structured curriculum. At that point, my little sister had been born. She's not so little anymore, almost taller than me now. So that kind of gave my mom the time that she needed to do everything she had to do with more kids, two kids. And then in seventh grade, we decided to do an enrolled option for a curriculum. And oh, I forgot to mention that when we started doing the curriculum, the structured curriculum, we were back here in Portland. Okay. So you moved back, you were doing like at-home curriculum mm -hmm. and then you started looking at this enrolled option. Yes. And so that was really something that gave my mom a little bit more time and took the pressure off for a little bit as my sister was getting into kind of the age to be doing a little bit more school type things. So that's kind of how we started. And then what I did through high school was just this enrolled option. So I did graduate with a diploma, but all of it was always from home. All of it, all the way through homeschooled. Yes. And we loved the rhythm for our family life. And it just brought us very close together because we were always to get, I mean, not always together, but you know, for the majority of the school day, we were here and working together and it really opened up a continuous dialogue for me and my parents and my sister and all of us hmm. just to talk about things all the time. Okay. Okay. I have a question. Here's what I'm reflecting on. I as well, I was very, very shy as a kid. I was very timid. I, as I look back, I'm just shocked at how much I thought about other people's thoughts. I was constantly like, what are they thinking about me? What am I doing wrong? How are they perceiving me? I was so like immersed in how I was being viewed by my peers. I think it really crippled kind of my ability to interact a little bit. So very shy. And then layered on top of that, I've learned in my adulthood, I'm incredibly introverted. I thrive on my own. I love it. But that's kind of shifted out of shyness. I don't think any of my friends would say I'm shy but they know I'm introverted. I had some really painful moments in public school where I would be interacting with kids and I would do something just kind of off, like a little bit off, you know, like not totally socially aware. And it would devastate me because I was so, so nervous anyway that I wasn't quite fitting in and then I would do something. So it was really hard for me. And as I reflect on it, I don't think we should chase hard experiences, but I did, it, it pushed me to develop a little bit and it pushed me like, you need to, figure out who you are and like dig into your, your sense of self. And so I guess the question I'm asking is, I do feel like you have a strong sense of self. Do you think that would have been hampered or it, there's no way of knowing, but how would school have impacted your sense of self at being more shy? I think I would have really gotten more swept up in what everyone else was doing than kind of developing who I am as a person. I had not a ton of friends when I was pretty young. I played a lot with my younger sister. I read a lot. And I was, again, like I was pretty shy when I was young. I wasn't really bothered by not having a lot of friends, but I kind of was sheltered from having a ton of friend, social drama interaction with other kids. But then once I got a little bit older, I actually did ballet training for several years. And so that was a big part of my life. So I got a lot of social time out of that kind of before and after class and during rehearsal season there was a lot of waiting around and so it was kind of then that I I became tested a little bit with how homeschooling means you are kind of set apart in some way <laughs> going kids so I distinctly remember several different times where someone called me weird and I was like oh okay how do I take this say more about that context what exactly happened there 
I, you know, I don't know how it came up. And I think there were a couple other situations where kids would be making jokes in the dressing rooms that were kind of dirty jokes or not totally appropriate, but things they thought were funny that they'd heard at school. And, you know, I didn't necessarily get the joke. I would get teased for that or like, oh, you're weird. I remember one time that two girls were like whispering and I was like, I walked in and I'm like, what are you whispering about? And they're like, oh, you wouldn't know. Your mom probably hasn't had the talk with you yet. So I remember that feeling really like a stab, like, oh, that's uncomfortable. Absolutely. I think something that maybe parents don't anticipate is the parent, my mom, your mom, you know, parents who are who decide homeschool have to deal with the ramifications in their community and their small social circles that we decided to homeschool, we decided deliberately to be different. But I think sometimes parents don't realize that the child as well is going to have to manage conversations and interactions. There were, <laughs> there were several times in high school, I laugh now because I'm so far past it, where there would be a joke or a comment or something and I literally have no idea what's going on. Yeah. And then you would get comments like, oh, you don't know what that is. And I'm like, I have literally no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. I have no idea. And so you are, especially those more kind of adult topics, they become currency and they're exchanged a lot among those kind of adolescent years where you kind of have access into this like adult world perhaps yeah. prematurely and then it's used as gatekeeping and like as currency you know you kind of like trade these amongst your friends to show i don't know it, it it brings you into different social status for some reason in high school and in social circles so i definitely <laughs> identify with that <laughs> it's a bummer yeah. yeah there is a stigma about like oh she doesn't know this she doesn't know that and i mean there were things that i didn't know i didn't get those jokes that I'm glad I didn't get really. <laughs> there were things that I was sheltered from that I'm so grateful I was, but it did create this culture of, I did feel a little bit different now and then. And yeah. so I had to learn how to deal with that and be okay with it. And how did you do that? Did you, were there hard moments there? Were you just like, were you doubted homeschooling? You're like, I don't want to feel this way with my peers. Cause it sounds like ballet was kind of your social connection and your outreach. And then you, you're having uncomfortable experiences there. So I'm curious if it made you want to change something so you didn't feel that way. No, honestly, I think there were very few times that I ever questioned like, oh, it would be nice if I went to public school because of this. I think overall, I just had this feeling of like, oh, is this what public school would be like? I mean, everyone got phones before I did. So I remember during lunch breaks when we would do we would do like day long summer intensives of dance and then you had a lunch break and everyone was on their phones and I didn't have a phone. So I'm sitting there looking around like, great, this is fun. So I don't think I had any thought of like, oh, this would be better if I was in public school. It was just like, oh, these are just challenges that I'm going to have to work through. And so I think a lot of it was just kind of being comfortable with myself, recognizing people are going to make comments. And I just had to kind of work through that and be okay with it and not let it get to me personally. And I talked to my parents a lot about this. So it wasn't like I wasn't supported or anything. I had my parents full support. So we worked through like, how do you respond to those comments? And how do you be kind when those things happen? Because it's not always easy. It's really frustrating. Especially at those ages, you're so impressionable. And I, at least for me, my sense of self was very fragile. And so those comments, they would just ruminate in me. And I'd be like, I need to, I changed the way I presented myself many times growing up. And I think that's kind of 
a little bit of a fun part of growing up too, where you are discovering yourself. But admittedly, some of that was to find acceptance. I craved acceptance. I think that was reflected a little bit. Okay, why don't you keep walking us through? I'm seeing your efforts to socialize and to find friends, integrate into the community. Walk us through the rest of your homeschooling years there through the high school time. I stopped doing ballet at the end of eighth grade. So it was just starting to take up a lot more time. And I was at a pre-professional training school. So the kids that were continuing through high school were basically on a career track. I knew that I did not want to do dance as a career. And so at that point, it kind of made sense to step out of that, try out some new things, because I I really had not a lot of free time where I wasn't dancing at that point. So I stopped doing that. And then I did French classes on and off from more early grade levels. I did some at a place in Portland when I was much younger. And then I went to another organization in high school and I did a French class there for a short period. And I I kind of found another reason why I feel like a public school would not have been for me because at this organization, I was in a classroom taking a class and I found like, oh, there's a lot of time wasted. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't love that because I was a very dedicated student. I wanted to do the work. I was there to learn social times before and after. And so I found that really frustrating. I'm thinking back on my high school experience. I think I, I felt that as well. I When I was in class, I was genuinely like mind and body in class. I definitely mm-hmm. had fun. Oh boy. You know what? Maybe I need to back that up a little bit because I remember I was in a, I was in a pre-calc class mm-hmm. <laughs> and I got in trouble and the teacher made me stand out in the hall for like 20 minutes. So I was a little bit obnoxious. So maybe, I don't know, maybe I have rose tinted glasses now where I'm like, yeah, I was, I was all focused on class. But what I will say is I found I was very hungry for the learning and I I was there to learn and I, I was there to get the information and maybe I was kind of a troublemaker on the side a little bit too. So I, I genuinely love, I really excel and enjoy the classroom setting. But it's truly not for everyone. What I'm hearing from you is you found like, oh, this doesn't feed to my skills and my aptitudes, my interests and my abilities as well as homeschool did. Yes, I did find that. And I also took a journalism class at the same organization I did the French class. And I think that worked out better for me because the class was intended to be a little bit more discussion focused. And so there was less room, I guess, for goofing off because you're there having a discussion. So that was... Yeah, that was another instance where I was in a classroom setting, and I really enjoyed that. I felt like that was a good class for me to practice working with other students, because that's something that that is limited when you're doing a homeschool curriculum. I got to do a little bit of that in high school because I was technically enrolled. And then I guess ballet, there's definitely teamwork involved, but not exactly in the same sense as like school assignments. That was another learning opportunity for me. Yeah, I think those are great. And I think it comes down to knowing yourself, knowing where you thrive, knowing also having direction. Where do I want to end up? I knew I wanted to go to college. And so that kind of prescribed certain high school approaches. I was very focused on that. And if that's not your path, then it actually frees you up a lot. If college is not your path, you can do so many other things in those high school years. In our last conversation, we talked about some challenging experiences you had while you were enrolled. You were at home, so you're doing homeschool, but you were kind of enrolled in this school, this online school, and you had some interesting experiences. Why don't you share with listeners about how that went? Yeah. So I found 
that the curriculum I was doing was very politically leaning and in a direction that didn't exactly align with my values. And so through that, I really had to learn how do I answer questions and do assignments where I know the teacher grading me may have a very different opinion than me. It was progressive left-leaning specifically. And so as I progressed through the high school years, it became more and more intense. And I think there was a change within the leadership of the program. So I think that affected it too. But then in my junior year, I took a class and it was media literacy. And so in this class, I was expecting to learn how to think critically about media and how to research and all those sorts of things. But my family was very shocked by the end of it. And the thing was that this class, the material progressed to become more and more intense as I went through. So it started out definitely very politically left-leaning, but I kind of recognized that and was like, okay, I'm just going to have to work through this, knowing that some of what's happening in this class is going to frustrate me and I'm going to have to be upfront with what I believe and uh, work through these things with a teacher that is grading me and hopefully will not dock my grade because I present different opinions. So that was kind of the beginning of it. And then as it progressed, I was given assignments where the lessons were about gender identity and sexual identity. And there were questions asking me to share my sexual identity. Oh my goodness. And talk about what that was like. And I- no, Wait, declared... wait. These are assignments from the class. Yes. That you will then turn into the teacher. Yes. And be graded on the lesson. So what if you left it blank? Not, I don't want to like, I'm just curious about- what do you think would have happened if you had left certain portions blank? Would you have been docked? I did leave portions blank. Okay, just, let's get into yeah. it. Yes. Yeah, so I decided I'm not willing to answer these questions. This okay. is And this is an adult that is not in my family. I'm not sharing this with you. My school had a system of, or my program, you could do letter grades or you could do pass-fail grades. And so I remember there being a mix with this class where sometimes I'd get a letter grade, which were kind of less than I normally would get, which was interesting. So I was trying my best to be diplomatic and present my thoughts really well and write things out well. So it was interesting to me that it seemed my grade average in this class was a little less than it normally would be. But then there was also a mix of these past grades. So I think that some of the lessons where I skipped assignments or didn't answer everything, I think those were some of the ones I got the pass on, which was interesting. Another one of the assignments specifically asked me to create a poster to visually represent my sexual identity. In This is a classroom assignment and you're homeschooled. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's like a contradiction of terms. Yeah, I know. So my parents, I was sharing these with them because I recognize these are out of line. And so they completely backed me on just not doing that. And I did speak up to the teacher and I said, you know, this, I don't believe that this should be in the curriculum for high school students to be answering to teachers in the position of grading them, no less. So there was all of that, which was shocking, really. Yeah, I'm just breathing slowly through all of this. <laughs> So. Yeah, it was a lot to process after. But okay, so it wasn't just the assignments, though, that I had to write out and supposedly create artwork on. It was also the material. So I was told to watch documentaries for this class that mostly were about like the music industry and the ad industry and all these things. And 
kind of talking about how there is sexualization within those. Okay. And so I think the point was meant to be like, this is a problem. But then they were giving example after example after example of the problem and showing it to me. So most of these documentaries, I remember there being options so you could pick one of them. But, you know, I had to do one of them and there were really no warnings on most. So I started watching these documentaries and through the class they got progressively more explicit to the point where by the end it was literally pornographic material in these documentaries heavy so these are heavy topics yeah and very surprising i actually want to back up a little bit you said you talked to your teacher i want to know more about that instance was it over zoom was it in a letter was it like how did you how did that go and what did you do so most of my assignments were through google docs i would write out my assignments or you know paste them in or whatever and then send them to my teacher so most of my communication with teachers was via email or just writing assignments into Google. So I think when I spoke out about some of the assignments and the documentaries, it was through email. And I think the responses that I got were pretty simple. It was like, thanks for the feedback, glad to know. There was nothing like, wow, we need to make a change. At that point, it was just like, okay, I, I did what I could. Like, just I got hand wavy, like dismissive. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's how it felt because it felt very intrusive, really, and just shocking. Like, I couldn't believe that that was in there. Genuinely, I cannot either. And so I think as I'm reflecting on this, I think what's shocking about it all too is that you were homeschooled. And a lot of parents, I think, make that choice. And I've mentioned this in many, many episodes and listeners are probably sick of it. Parents have the prerogative and the right to transmit their values to their children. And that can happen in public school or homeschool, but homeschool augments that potential that you can really transmit your values. So then you're homeschooling and all of a sudden there's intense content and curriculum that does not reflect your values being presented to the child or to the student. And so as I'm listening, I have conflict and I want to zoom out a little bit. Mm -hmm. In your case, it happened to be very sexually explicit content, which I think is in, in, from my, I guess, value system, unfortunate. And I think very sad and very difficult for a teenager to manage. But if we zoom out further, really kind of something that's happening here too, is you're being exposed to value systems that oppose yours, Mm -hmm. um, even being homeschooled. And so I, I see merit there. I'm like, yeah, I personally, I like being confronted in my values and challenging them. And, and also I'm well, I don't know if I'm well into my adulthood, but I'm not a teenager anymore. And so I think I can navigate those a little bit more. And so I guess what I'm saying is I I see uh, advantages in having your values challenged. But Mm -hmm. at that age, do you think, I don't know, just like, how was that? What is your takeaway from that whole thing? So I agree. I think there's a lot of value that can be taken from confronting your belief systems and what your opinions are and talking with people who have differing ones. So while there was definitely some frustration for me with working through classes that really leaned in a way that was different than what I believed, through the whole thing, I did recognize like, wow, I'm becoming a pretty strong debater here. <laughs> like I'm learning about how to back up what I believe and research and provide citations. So I really did appreciate that quite a bit. I think there were times where it felt like there was a lot of back and forth where maybe a teacher was stepping out of their role as just doing their job of looking at my assignment and giving feedback, where it became more of like a back and forth debate. So I felt like that was a little odd (laughs) and maybe not the right 
situation or context for that, but I also felt like I grew a lot from it. And so I really do appreciate all of that looking back, but what really crossed the line for me was when it became an issue of there's pornographic content in my school material. It was really upsetting. You know, it started so slow. So by the end of it, I kind of was just like in shock of like, what did I just go through? My parents did contact the organization. They said that there was a mistake with the level of documentaries that were being shown. So apparently there were different levels of parental controls on them that had gotten messed up. And so that was their claim. The organization did remove the class and I believe they were working on changing things within it. Incredible. It is very unfortunate that your academic standing, your ability to demonstrate your your learning, your mastery of the material became conflated with And this can go either way with any sort of ideological position or political standing or sexual identity, any of that became conflated with your ability to perform as a student, your ability to understand, your ability to learn. And I think that's very unfortunate. I guess what would be your advice to parents then, having just gone through that, what would you say to parents who these are their concerns and this is one of the reasons they want to homeschool, how do they help vet material from an organization outside the home? You know, I think that's one of the best things about bringing your child home is you get that control back and you're taking charge of your child's education. So you're not handing control over to a broader organization. But then also, I think there are curriculums that are great. And that can be a big help because it it can allow you to bring your child home without all the work of pulling materials together. But I think the biggest point is like parents must remain involved whether it's at a public school or a private school, or whether you're bringing your kid home and you're choosing to use a curriculum, I think you just have to be involved and aware and checking up on what is being provided to them. We had put our trust, a lot of our trust into this organization. And even if we expected things that I would personally disagree with, we recognize that as a possibility and we're okay with that for sure, because it allowed me to grow in my skills. I think there's that balance of parents have to be available and involved and do what they can and also educate their kids on this is what's okay and this is a warning sign on what is not okay. And I think I just didn't fully realize like what I was being shown until it was kind of too late for me to shield myself from it. Absolutely. You you didn't really have a chance to make an adult informed decision as to the media you were consuming, which is very unfortunate. And some other things that you're making me think of is I think it's so important and so empowering to first understand your values, know what you as an individual value, what are your belief systems, what are your value systems. When you're looking at curriculums and programs, find their mission statements, go to their home pages, understand what their values are. Do they reflect yours? How closely do they reflect yours? Are you okay with some values being expressed to your student, your child, that don't perfectly align with yours? Because that could spark really interesting conversation. And then I think as well, a really good point you're making is the relationship between parent-child and homeschooling, if that is fostered and made open and there's trust, then you can kind of work through unfortunate circumstances like you went through. This happened. Those are the facts. How do we interpret this? How do we move forward? Such a, I'm just like, I'm like my heart breaks for you that you had to go through that. And then I'm also like, it truly is the world we live in and you need mm-hmm. to be aware of the world we live in and navigate it the best that you can. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's made me all the more passionate 
about homeschooling because I, <laughs> I believe in a lot of public or private schools, it may be worse. I know yeah. there are instances where it's been worse. I know people that have gone to public and private school and it's been worse. So yeah. it's made me all the more passionate about homeschooling and parent involvement in schooling and their kids' lives. Well, let's talk about that. You have started a business about reading and you're getting involved with kids and parents. Talk to listeners about that a little bit and I'd love to point to it on my show notes page and direct listeners to your Instagram page. So fill us in there. Thank you. Yeah. So I started this project. It was a project originally during high school, but that was during a lot of shutdowns. So my options for community service with the shutdowns, with being too young to drive at that point were pretty limited. And so what I decided to do was start a book club for kids. And it was all online, which worked because of what was happening in the world, but also so that kids all over the country could join if they wanted to. And so I started this book club, which was a ton of fun. And then through that, I got a job tutoring some kids and helping them learn to read. And so then by the time that I graduated and finished high school, it just felt like I was being given this perfect opportunity to just grow this and make it into something a little more organized, a little more professional that combined two of my favorite things, which are reading and working with kids and also encompasses my passion for making sure that kids are getting a safe education where they're not being exposed to some of the things that I was not by my parents, obviously, but just by the systems overall. So my business is called Learn with Jillian. I provide online tutoring services for kids, mainly that are learning to read. So for very little kids, a lot of that is basically story time with them and talking about letter sounds and very short words. And then as they get older, we do more back and forth. And so kids will read and I'll help them. So that's a lot of fun. And then I also offer extracurricular enrichment classes focused on classic literature. I have one that's all focused on horse books, which is a lot of fun. A lot of little girls love horses. And then I do one that's about the Little House on the Prairie series. And I have several others that I offer. So that's what I'm doing now. And I love it. It's been so much fun so far. I think it's great. As I've said many times on the show, I love reading. I just finished a book yesterday or two days ago. I bought one instantly to backfill that. So how do listeners get in touch with you? I know you have an Instagram. Let's start there. What's your Instagram? Yeah, so my Instagram is at learn with Jillian. Okay. Jillian with a J and two L's. And then do you have a website? Yes. My website is learnwithjillian.com. Oh, good for you. And like aligning all of your, your platforms with the same handle. I don't think people appreciate how hard that is. So listeners, please go check out Jillian's Instagram page. Go check out her website. If any of your kids need help with reading, I know Jillian would be great to work with them. Jillian and I have talked before, and she has a great passion for teaching, for working with kids. And so I think it's a really strong option if that's a need in your home. Well, great, Jillian. I am really glad we brought you on. I think you have highlighted a lot of relevant, prescient, timely concerns with parents. Let's Please stay in touch and I will look forward to the Pacific Northwest summers with you because I'm, I'm ready for that to come around. Fabulous. I just want to say if there's anyone out there considering homeschooling, highly recommend it. And also keep in mind that your kids don't have to be doing a workbook to learn. There's so many life skills. Like I learned cooking with my parents. I learned how to clean. All those things are great. So highly recommend. And thank you so much for having me on, Mike. It was great. I loved it. Thank you, Jillian. Hey, 
Hey, listeners, if you enjoy the Homeschool Dropout, the best way to support the show and increase its value to you and other homeschoolers is to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So head there now, and we'll see you next week.